I was actually uh, was talking with a brother this morning. And maybe I need to uh, clarify as I apologize. I The Lord has allowed me to um, use the gifts that he's given me to, to minister to some of the other assemblies. Um, but that's not why I've been gone so much this month, so I apologize. Uh, I was actually sick for two weeks. That's the first time ever I actually had to miss two Sundays because of... Uh, illness. Um, but I do apologize. I, had ske- I was scheduled already to speak at, uh, at uh, Wellspring Bible Fellowship last week, and I'll be in Pennsylvania next week. Um, but I usually what I try to do is I only speak out once a month, once a month. So uh, the illness took a couple more weeks for me in January. So I apologize for that. Uh, I do try not to be away more than one week a month. Um, but uh, glad that I could be here this morning. And, and share with you what the Lord has laid in my heart. Um, I'm actually studying John chapter 7. i got to speak on that next week in Pennsylvania. Um, but, um, and so I thought about maybe you know, giving it a dry run today, you know, tweak a little bit for next week. But uh, this is just something that um, I've been studying and uh, the Lord's really laid in my heart. Um, and I want to share it with you today. Uh, if you turn to Matthew chapter 11, please. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, this will be our our text for today. Uh, We're just going to look, begin in verse 20 of Matthew chapter 11. Uh, the Lord Jesus uh, is speaking here, and it, it, uh, it says that he began, in verse 20, to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done, because they did not repent. That's why he's rebuking them. Verse 21, woe to you, um, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in, let's say, uh, Tyre or Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than it will be for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, It would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Uh, And this is the verse that really uh, caught my attention. Verse 26, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. The Lord will bless the reading of his word again this morning. Let's just open the word of prayer. Our Father, we thank you that you are a good God. Father, we thank you that everything that you think of, everything that you do, is good. And um, we're grateful uh, for your precious word. We're grateful for what it teaches us. 
So we pray that uh, your Holy Spirit would illuminate what it is that you want us to understand today into our hearts and to our minds, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the title of my message this morning is Accepting What Cannot Be Changed. Accepting What Cannot Be Changed. Um, in everyone's life, almost everyone's life, I should say, right? there are things that, um, which we would have never chosen. Right? There are things that we would like to be rid of. Right? Um, things that um, can never be changed. For me, it was funny, so just as a little simple illustration is, um, I have bad feet. And uh, what I mean by that is, you know how some people have high arches, some people have hammer toes, some people have whatever it is, right? I have all the above. Um, and so I like my athletics, as you all know, I enjoy competition, I enjoy playing, and um, it certainly posed a, a problem for me growing up. Um, I think my foot size um, is like 10, 10 and a half, but I would wear 13 size basketball shoes because my feet were so wide, um, which caused a problem, you know. Um, I had numerous ankle injuries uh, growing up. I used to joke around saying that during the basketball season, I would consistently shave my legs so that I could tape my ankles. And then some, some of you know me at this point in life is that... Uh, Almost definitely, according to the surgeons and my physical therapist, is that that's what caused me to have knee injuries, uh, was because of my feet. And, uh, and so, yeah, you know, I, I, I wish I could have changed that. I really think that if I had good feet, I could have probably played semi-pro. <laughs> and I'm sticking to that. Um, okay. But the, there's, and this is just a, a physical impairment or, abnormal, or abnormality, right? Um, in each of our lives, there's different things. Like maybe for you, it's a, a chronic, low-grade illness that just won't leave you alone. Uh, maybe it's a, a nervous or emotional disorder that lingers as an unwelcome guest. Maybe it's the grief uh, from a loss. Maybe it's some spiritual burden that uh, you have to endure. But there are certain things, right, in each one of our lives that we didn't choose this. <laughs> we wouldn't have chosen it for ourselves. We can't get rid of it. And, and we know that it's not going to change. Because of these things, many live defeated lives. Right? Dreaming of, of what might have been. Right? If only I had nice feet. Right? If only uh, they were taller. Right? Um, I'm dating myself, but there used to be a a song I used to love when I was in high school. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her, right? Um, right. But we always play this uh, what if, right? If only. Like if only I was better looking. If only I was born into a different family. Right? If only I was married to a different person. If only I was built to excel in athletics. If only I could know perfect health. If only I had a different spiritual gift. Right? And these people live defeated lives, constantly dreaming of what might have been. If only. If only. 
I think the Lord Jesus gives us a great example here in, in how we are to accept what cannot be changed. Um, the Lord Jesus here, as we just read, is experiencing something that he would not have chosen. Um, he had to pronounce judgment on three prominent cities that he had spent a lot of time in. One of them, uh, Chorazin, right? Uh, it was near the Sea of Galilee. Jesus had done a lot of uh, mighty works there. But this city, in light, right, in the face of all these mighty works, refused to believe. And you have Bethsaida. Right? I like this place because it actually means a house or a place of fishing. It was on the northeast coast of the Sea of Tiberias. It was the home of Peter, Andrew, and Philip. And it was a frequent resort of the Lord Jesus. Performed many amazing mighty acts there in Bethsaida. And yet they too, upon hearing the gracious entreaties of their Savior, they willfully turned him away. We get to Capernaum. This was on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee. Remember, at Nazareth, Jesus was brought up, but it was Capernaum who, uh, who was emphatically his own city. In fact, we read in Mark chapter 2, verse 1, is that every time he returned to Capernaum, he called it his home. It was his home. He chose Matthew, remember Matthew, Levi, the evangelist, he chose him here. Brothers Simon, Peter, and Andrew, they belonged to Capernaum. And it was home to some of Jesus' most extraordinary miracles. Amazing mighty works that he had done there. And yet, just like Chorazin and Bethsaida, Capernaum willfully turned him away. And now Jesus is at this point, right, where this is not what he would have chosen. He spent so much time in these places and he has to actually woe to these places, pronounce judgment on these places. It's interesting that uh, no cities were ever more privileged than these three. No other cities could say that they had Jesus in their cities as much as them. No other cities could say that they saw the works displayed as much as what Jesus did in these cities. There was no other cities more privileged than these cities. And just on a side note, um, not necessarily the point of our message today, but I think it's important for us to learn here is that great privilege brings great responsibility. You know, brothers and sisters, you are very privileged. When you consider where you are, the country that you live in, the time that you're living in, the fact that God's grace has been extended to you, we are privileged more than anyone. What are you doing with that privilege? You see, with great privilege comes great responsibility. In these cities, unfortunately, there was none more privileged than them, and yet they willfully refused the Lord Jesus and His gracious entreaty to them to be their Savior. One of the interesting things, and maybe you don't think it's much, but here Jesus pronounces judgment to them. Today, that's interesting, in, in this time there were actually four prominent cities. It was these three, um, as well as um, 
Tiberias. Four prominent cities during this time. And we know that Jesus here pronounced woes on these three, but he never does the Tiberias. What was the result of that? Well, actually, to this day, when it comes to uh, Chorazin and Bethsaida, they do not know where those cities were. Completely destroyed, gone. With Capernaum, they're not quite sure where it is. But you know which still stands? Tiberias. They still know where its location is today. Interesting. But the point here is that there's a lesson to be learned from our Lord Jesus. He was experiencing something that he would not have chosen. And he knew that um, this is a situation that was not going to be changed. And so what do we learn from the Lord Jesus? One, um, there's two points I want to look at today. The first one is peace and accepting what cannot be changed. Peace. Jesus says this in verse 26 of Matthew chapter 11. He says, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. Even though this is something that Jesus wouldn't have chosen, and I'm sure it broke Jesus' heart to pronounce judgment on cities that he had spent so much time in, one that he would call his home. He had peace in knowing that, Father, if it seems good in your sight, then so be it. In fact, some of your Bibles, if you have the NASB, the idea of even so there actually means yes. Jesus is saying yes to his Father. Yes, Father. For so it seemed good, or some years might say well-pleasing in your sight. There's something about saying yes, right, um, to things that we cannot change. Um, one of the things that I'm uh, experiencing now is with little Sayla, my 17-month-old, um, is that she's learning now that when there's something that she did not choose for herself, uh, if I say, listen, it's time to take a bath, or if it's, hey, it's time to go night-night, she learned very quickly now to say what? No. No. <laughs> right? And don't we do that sometimes, right? We do that with God sometimes. We see this, this experience or this situation or circumstance in our lives, and we know it's not going to change, and we're like, no. <laughs> no. The Lord Jesus here says, yes, Father. Yes. And in fact, I do this with Selah. I make her say Yes. She has to say, yes, Daddy. Yes, Daddy. And it's the same with us. There has to be a peace in accepting what we cannot change. And we say, yes, Father. Yes. If this is what you've chosen, then yes. You see, what we are, we are by the grace of God, aren't we? What you are right now, you are by the grace of God. He has planned our lives with infinite love and infinite wisdom. Do you believe that? If we could see as well as He, we would have arranged things exactly as He has done. You see, Satan tempts us with the possibility of becoming more than what we were created to be. But we were created by God to be content in our knowledge of Him. Take a look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, please. 1 Timothy chapter 6.
First Timothy chapter 6, beginning in verse 6. It says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having, good, and having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And I think certainly, I think it could be applicable. It's not just the love of money, right? It's what we talked about. It's that idea of, listen, <coughs> dreaming of what would have been, right? Always saying, if only, if only, and, and we're missing out on what God has already planned for us in our lives. So how do we do that, right? How do, how do we have peace in accepting what cannot be changed, right? Perhaps maybe for those things uh, in our lives that we'd rather get rid of. Um, the, that chronic illness, perhaps, or that nervous uh, disorder, or uh, your spouse, or whatever it is that we've had these thoughts where we're like, listen, I, I can't get rid of this. It's never going to change. Um, perhaps maybe what we could do is, Instead of saying, if only, we could just say, yes, Father. Just that. Just even try that in your lives. Every time those thoughts start to creep in, capture that thought. Instead of saying, if only, if only, we could just say, even so, Father. Yes, Father. Because He has planned your life with infinite wisdom and infinite love. What you are right now. Everything that's going on in your lives is by the grace of God. As hard as it might be to understand. But the second point I want to make is not just peace in accepting what cannot change, but praise in accepting what cannot be changed. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus, in verse 25, says this, And at that time, now this is the time where he just had to pronounce judgment on the cities that he spent most time in, it says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. He could even in a moment of something that he did not choose for himself, uh, something that <clears throat> he could not change, right? He was able to say, listen, Father, I thank you. Not just, yes, Father, if you seem fit, yes, but he was able to say, thank you, Lord of heaven and earth. You see, I think it's important that the things that we're thinking of right now in our lives, the things that we did not choose for ourselves, the things that cannot be changed, that we would rather be rid of, right? We don't have to accept those things in a, a spirit of meek resignation. That's not what God wants, right? He doesn't want us to just accept those things in some kind of passive surrender, right? Yes, there can be peace in accepting what cannot be changed, but at the same time, when we consider that what we are is by the grace of God and that He has planned our lives with infinite love and infinite wisdom that we actually can say, thank you, Father. Thank you for this. <laughs> even though I didn't choose this, <laughs> even though uh, I'd rather be rid of it, I want to thank you because you're the Lord of heaven and earth. Knowing 
that they were permitted by a God of love. We can make them the cause of praise and rejoice, can't we? But you have to come to that realization that these things were allowed. They were permitted by a God who loves you. You remember Paul, the Apostle Paul, he had a thorn in his flesh. It's something that he did not choose for himself. It's something that he definitely wanted to get rid of, right? <clears throat> in fact, he, he pleaded with the Lord three times, three times to remove this thorn from his flesh. And so don't get me wrong, brothers and sisters, is that when I say that we need to have peace in accepting what we cannot change and praise in accepting what we cannot change, it doesn't mean that you can't ask God. Say, Lord, is there any chance you can remove this from me? I'm just saying when God says no, and we realize that, listen, this is something that's not going to change, that we should be able to accept that. Right? But Paul, Paul prayed, right? Lord, please remove this thorn from my flesh. Three times. And when the Lord said no, but said, hey, Paul, listen, I promise you grace to bear the thorn. Here's what the apostle exclaimed. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul got that. Right? He said, okay, fine. If this is something that cannot change, then I'm going to praise you in it then. Right? I am going to glory in my circumstances so that the power of Christ may rest on me. And so how do we do that? Right? How do we apply this uh, to our own lives? Right? Well, when those thoughts of defeat arise, right? Um, those thoughts arise, instead of dreaming of what might have been, perhaps maybe we could just praise the Lord. And again, what I mean by that is that I don't know how that looks, at least for me sometimes. Um, when I, I feel defeated and I think, man, I don't know why this is like this. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to change. Um, Sometimes the Lord encouraged me to just sing a song. And I'm not saying out loud, I'm saying within my own heart. To just think, sing a song that, that means something to me. That's significant to me. Sometimes it may not be a song. Sometimes it may just be you know, reciting a verse that I know by heart. Something that God has used in my life before to minister to me. Um, for me, I know growing up, uh, Isaiah 40:31 was always just a verse that I could cling to. Right? Those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. Right? But there's verses like that each of us know. Right? Everybody knows maybe one verse, even if it's John 3.16, that we can hold on to and know that God loves us. Right? Maybe sometimes when those thoughts of defeat arise within us, maybe sometimes we just need to say in our hearts still, thank you. Right? Um, Real simple today, not real profound, real, you know, uh, <laughs> intelligent here, but I'm just saying that as we are faced with these circumstances in our lives that we cannot change, that we'd rather be rid of, um, perhaps if nothing else today, that you just remember those two things, is that we would say, yes, Father, and that we would say, thank you, Father. Just those two things, I think, can help us, right, uh, to have peace in accepting those things that we we cannot change. And they can help us also in praising um, our Father in Heaven, who has planned our lives with infinite love and infinite wisdom. Uh, Many of you know Fanny Crosby. 
Um, Fanny Crosby was uh, born in New York, uh, but within two months uh, of being born, Fanny Crosby became ill. And unfortunately, the, the family doctor was away, and another man, uh, who was pretending to be a certified doctor, treated her. And uh, the way he treated her was he actually prescribed a hot mustard ointment to put on her eyes. Needless to say, the illness eventually went away, but the treatment left her blind for the rest of her life. You might say to yourself, man, now why did that happen? This is a circumstance now in her life that can never change. The foolishness of this man, this quack, right, left this little girl blind. But not only that, a few months after that, her dad died, leaving her mom mom to be forced to work as a maid to support the family. And so this little grew up without a father, without sight. That was her circumstances. She did not choose that for herself. She'd much rather be rid of that, or we would rather be rid of that, as we're going to learn with her, and it's a little different. And certainly those circumstances were not going to change for Fanny. In fact, because of those circumstances, she was forced to be raised by her Christian grandmother. But one day, uh, someone was talking to Fanny. This is years later, uh, when she was older. And a gentleman said, I think it is a great pity that the Master did not give you sight when he showered so many other gifts upon you. He was a preacher. Fanny (laughs) responded at once, because she'd heard these comments before. And she says this, this is amazing. When we consider having peace with accepting what we cannot change. She says, do you know that if at birth I had been able to make one petition, it would have been that I was born blind. What? If she could ask God for one thing, she would ask him that when she was born, she could be born blind. Because, she said, when I get to heaven, the first face that I shall ever gladden my sight will be that of my Savior. Brothers and sisters, I think one of the keys to having peace and accepting what we cannot change is being content with knowing Christ. That's all Fanny cared about. She knew Jesus Christ. And she actually would rather be born blind than become blind eight weeks later. To say that she never saw anything until she saw Jesus Christ. But how do we praise? Right? How do we praise in accepting what we cannot change? Fanny, as you know, she went on to write 9,000 hymns. 9,000 songs of praise. And one of the ones that she wrote, she wrote when she was 8 years old. 8 years old, a girl with no father, a girl with no sight. And she wrote this, Oh, what a happy soul I am, although I cannot see. I am resolved that in this world, content I will be. 
how many blessings I enjoy that other people don't. To weep and sigh because I'm blind, I cannot, nor I won't. Brothers and sisters, I don't know what circumstances you're experiencing in your own life. The things that you did not choose for yourself, the things that you cannot change, right? That you'd rather be rid of. But I think that we can follow this little eight-year-old's example and say, listen, I'm not going to weep. I'm not going to sigh. I'm not going to complain. I'm going to say, yes, Father. Thank you, Father. I think it's one of the signs of spiritual maturity when we can rejoice in the seemingly unfortunate circumstances of our lives and use them as a means of glorifying God. I think we should be able to say as Christ did, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. We're going to go to corporate prayer. Um, and I'll close that time. We're a little early, so I won't I'll make sure we end a little early. Um, but I, I just want us, to, I want us to actually pray about some of these things. Um, certainly don't, don't feel like if you want to pray for some of the things that are usually up there, you can. Um, but I really think that these things that we're talking about, they, they, you cannot um, are capable of doing these things without prayer, right? Uh, we need to be praying for each other and so that we can uh, learn to accept those things that we cannot change. In our lives, because we, I think we all do want to uh, glorify God in the midst of our, our circumstances, right? We want to use them as a means of glorifying Him. So we need to be able to pray for each other in doing so uh, for that. So in about 15, uh, 20 minutes, I'll close our time. Um, but let's just go to prayer.